Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening and welcome to the League One podcast from Look Sports Media. I'm your host, Ollie Nixon, and I'm joined this evening by three expert League One fans to run the rule over the weekend's action in the third tier. I've mentioned my name already, and I'll apologise in advance for the fact that I'm a Stevenish fan, but time to let listeners know who the rest of you are and which team you have allegiances to, starting with our resident Yorkshireman. Yeah, that's me. I'm Seb, and I'm a Barnsley fan. Lovely. Nice to have you with us, Seb. Uh, in case you weren't getting enough Steve Evans love from the team, we've also got another Borough fan amongst us. Yes, uh, I'm Owen and I'm a Simmons fan. Excellent. Good to have somebody who has similar views to me. And last but not least, it wouldn't be fair to only cover the top six on the pod. And so we felt the need to balance things out with someone with a slightly less sunny outlook on the season. Yeah, I'm Chris and I'm preparing for League Two next season with Cheltenham Town. <laughs> Five months exactly since your last League One goal, Chris. Some progress at last. Yeah, finally made some progress. Uh, look, a completely different team to last season and about starting this season with the same manager as well. Excellent. Well, we shall see how that game went later on. So you've met the team for this week. Um, each episode will have a slightly different lineup to keep things fresh and to try to represent all areas of the table. And so for the latest info on who will be on and to keep up with all things EFL, don't forget to, forget to give us a follow on X or Twitter, whichever you prefer. You can find us by searching for at Media. A little bit on the format then. The guys will take it in turns to run you through the matches from the weekend, talking about all the key points of the games. And a little later on, I'll be asking them who they've got nailed on as promotion shoe-ins and relegation certainties, with some teams having now played a quarter of their season. Yes, we're already at that stage. Without further ado, though, it's time to get stuck in on the action from the last two days. And where better to start than with a four-goal thriller at the Valley? Seb, you were watching this one. Yeah, I was, yeah. And uh, it started off with uh, Jordan Rhodes rolling back the years to his championship glory days at Blackburn. He opened the scoring between the two sides at the Valley. Uh, he gave them a 1-0 lead. And they were able to double their lead, uh, Blackpool, 
the cost thanks to uh, uh, a Kareem Dembele goal. He stole the ball from uh, the back line of Charlton, nicked in and uh, finished past the keeper. Uh, it almost was 3-0 for the visitors, the Tangerines. Uh, Dembele, rocket shot just outside of the box, about 20 yards out, uh, but that was uh, fiercely saved by Harry Eistead in the Charlton net. Uh, as you said, it was a four-goal thriller, so evidently two goals uh, more were uh, evidently two goals uh, well to go, uh, and they came from Charlton, the home side. Uh, it was uh, Chuck Sinike, ball across to Alfie Bay, Charlton's number nine to finish off and get the uh, first goal for the home side, and then it finished 2-2, thanks to uh, a Corey Blackett-Taylor 25-yard curling shot just outside the box to make sure the points were shared at the Valley. What a goal that was as well from Blackett Taylor, by the way. Finish, yeah. Remarkable finish. Uh, and I guess Charlton will be happy to go home. Well, they're at home, but Charlton will be happy with a point. Uh, Blackpool also had the chance to uh, to get a winning goal uh, late on. It was Casey with the last minute. header, a free man from a free kick, uh, but headed over and wide. Yeah, interesting start for Appleton and Charlton. Still unbeaten. Alfie, Alfie May scored three in two games under him. Do we, do we think he might be up for another hot streak? Yeah, that's, I think uh, That's Alfie May's seventh goal of the season and uh, he's took it to 50 goals in the EFL for him. So he's he's been prolific and to be doing it for a team like Cheltenham shows what a player he is. Do you, do you back, back in there, Chris? Like, you th- think he can recreate what he did with you? Absolutely. He, he's a talismanic player and he's shown he can do it wherever he goes. Charlton struggling again this season. Start of the season, we were talking about where they'd end up, talking about whether they were promotion candidates, but they seem to have seem to have hit their luck, the same luck as last season and struggling in mid-table at the moment. Yeah, certainly be interesting to see if Appleton can, can turn it around because it definitely looks like a strong squad there, so we shall see. Next up, we have what looked like a feisty affair in the early kickoff between Oxford and Bristol Rovers. Owen has this one covered for us. Yeah, so it was a, a strong start from Oxford, and they opened the scoring with a great goal from Billy Bowden just inside the box. Um, then it was quite an even game afterwards, with a but then in the 63rd minute, uh, a poor challenge from uh, Giovanni Brown made Bristol Rovers go down to 10 men. And then Sam Long looked like he, he won the game for Oxford United with an 81st minute header inside from a corner from a corner. And then in the and then in the last minute to look like Oxford might have thrown it away with a red card in the 95th and 96th minute from Ozan Smith and Stanley Mills. Ozan Smith was just a stupid yellow card. It was a, a just a pass after the ref has blown and it was a yellow card and it was stupid. Uh, and then Stanley Mills had a straight red for what looked like a terrible challenge, but they were able to keep the three points. But it is the second time this season that Oxford at home have been down to nine men. But at least this time, they kept the three points. Yeah, I think uh, Joey Barton seemed to take the loss well, as uh, as expected. I think I counted five complaints about refereeing decisions in 30 seconds in his post-match interview. Yep. Wasn't yep. best impressed with the officials. Yeah, and also he uh, had a go on Twitter at what he thought was the assistant manager. Turns out it was just a fan. That was quite a chuckle in the evening I had with that one. Yeah, I saw that. No, nothing quite like putting your foot in it is there like that. But not, not something that Joey's not used to, is it? No. He's seen that throughout his career and he looks like even in management, he's doing the exact same thing. Hmm, would expect absolutely no less from the man. Well, I can't quite believe we've managed to hold him off until the third game to talk about it. 
But Chris, you've scored a goal. Yeah, we finally scored a goal. Opened the scoring against Derby County uh, on Saturday. Rob Street with his first goal since joining the club. Still looking to get on the board with three points, though. But it's looking a lot better with Daryl Clark at the moment. Rob Street got his first goal, as I said. It was cancelled out by Curtis Nelson. But it seems perfectly fine. It's some progress. Uh, Clark has said in his post-match that he's not happy with the fitness of his players. And it's something he's looking to address, which does show was Wade Elliott doing the right job during his time at Cheltenham Town in this at the beginning of this season. Chris, can I just yes. ask, how, how impressed were you with Derby County? Wasn't overly impressed. They didn't look fantastic. When you look at their form, uh, unbeaten in their last five now after that game, but that's three draws, um, two wins. And they just seemed to struggle, slow on the ball. Their, their creation wasn't too bad, but it was the finishing. And it does show what I've said, that a striker was needed and they've not made the right decisions in who they've signed in strikers. So for me, there'll be a team who miss out on the playoffs again this year. I think they'll fall short. Early, early shout on Darby, on Darby missing out. Like it. Is it for you boys a turning point? Is it a new dawn for your boys or is it, you know, more of the same? Um, Chapman looked impressive. I think they looked impressive for the first 45 minutes and sort of the first night for the whole 90 minutes, to be honest. I think if they can keep their act together, I think I think that's a good managerial appointment. I like Daryl Clark. I think he should be given more time at Port Vale and he had a really good promotion season, obviously, even though the uh, circumstances you'd have throughout that stay there. Um, but I feel like if you can keep that together and, and once they get to January, make some smart signings. Um, even like, I know we love Tom Pett. Tom Pett's still available if he would like to go down there. I think that'd be a great signing in midfield for Cheltenham if he can still register him. And um, I think they, they have, I, I still think they'll get relegated, but I think if they can keep themselves in good nick, they could have that chance. Thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I have to agree. I don't, I've not been positive about this season since Alfie left. It was always written for him to move on, it was time for him to move on. But we look we look a shadow of the team we were last season. Last season, we were so solid defensively. I mean, 16 clean sheets Luke Southwood kept. And we're now 12, goal, 12 games in. We've conceded 20 goals already with one goal. But at least you're, at least you're scoring plenty at the other end to make up for it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> OK, next up is another one of the boys talking about their own sides. As Seb watched his tight side get a third victory in a row on the road at Exeter. Yeah, I did get a very long trip for any travelling uh, fans. I think a lot of them set off at like 3am in the morning to be able to get to Exeter. Uh, that wasn't helped in particular by, on the way back, the team coach was set on fire uh, on the side of the M1, meaning that uh, obviously they had to just get off, get off the coach in the middle of the motorway. Fortunately, we were rescued by uh, Cheltenham's bus company, which brought them home. Uh, a little bit bizarre, but uh, they got home okay, so all was safe. Um Someone else who was also on fire was John McAtee. It was his goal that proved the difference between the two sides uh, in the 89th minute of the game. It looked a little bit of a drab game, you know, both sides having sort of half chances, uh, none, uh, neither side really being clinical enough. Uh, but the the moment of quality from the game uh, came from actually a good passing spell. Uh, Maldi Gavigny, a little Rabona pass uh, to Herbie Kane, to Dodgson, who just come on as a substitute. His ball in met the head of fellow substitute John McAtee. And the away end went barmy to give uh, the travelling fans uh, three points to go home to. So, yeah, 
Interesting side, Barnsley. The only sides that have beaten you so far are Oxford, Peterborough, Pompey and Blackpool, all of whom sit in the top 10 in the table. How are you feeling about your chances of pushing into the autos? Yeah, I am quite optimistic about our chances so far. As you said, sort of the sides that we've lost to so far are sort of the sides that are up there or up thereabouts so far this season. Uh, that is a weakness, though, sort of facing sides that are, are of a similar level, sort of within the league table and in terms of quality. We tend to do really well against sort of the sides lower down and mid table as well. But when we come up against a good opposition, we do tend to struggle and tend to fold. That, that was shown in, in the Portsmouth game. We went 2 0 down in eight minutes. So that was sort of uh, disappointing. The Oxford game as well, we just didn't quite show up for that one. Uh, but I'm positive, helped a lot by our away form. We've had six games away from home, one five, drawn one. Our home form, on the other hand, is slightly concerning. Uh, I'm sure it will hopefully be ironed out very soon. Uh, but I'm, I'm quite optimistic about our chances. Currently sitting third in the table. Um, and so, yeah, I can't see. Obviously, we're a few points off Oxford uh, and Portsmouth at the top. But Give it a few weeks and I'm sure we'll be pushing them uh, for the top two places. Excellent stuff. So a first away win of the season then for the Cumbrians and a smashing one at that as they beat High Flyers Bolton 3-1. What did you make of this one, Owen? Yeah, so it was a, a strong start again from Bolton who obviously uh, beat Bolt, beat Steamage in the week and got themselves into that sort of top four, which for them, playoffs needs to be at least the minimum. Uh, then after an own goal from Joe Mellish, then Carlisle got a penalty in uh, the thirty, the thir- the thirty-fifth minute from a foul inside the box, uh, which Joe Garner took, but saved by the keep by the Bolton keeper. But then, just before our time, Jordan Gibson turned up the penalty in the forty-fourth minute with a great penalty, great well taken. But that continued for him in the second half with goals in the seventieth minute. And then once Bolton was steaming forward to try and get a win out, try and get an equaliser, he went and scored his third of the game, a hat-trick, first career hat-trick, and sent the 4,000 strong Carlisle fans home happy. Yeah, that's it. Carlisle fans will be absolutely buzzing. You mentioned their attendances, as they seem to like to do. Uh, if you haven't seen the game, by the way, listeners, two absolutely brilliant moments in that. Firstly, that penalty um, that they gave away is an absolutely com- absolute comedy penalty. Um, yeah. I think it's told at the centre-back. The ball, ball's come looping into him with no player within 10 yards of him. And he's tried to head it and headed it onto his own arms uh, for handball. Um, and then equally, the third goal to seal it is a classic of the keeper up for a corner, only to concede a counter-attack goal genre. Um, and Jordan Gibson just rolls it into an empty net, which is always uh, funny funny to see. So, yeah, um, great great win for Carlisle. Um, one I'm sure is very much wanted. Um, and definitely, well, quite based on what I saw from the bottom game midweek against Evenage, not as surprised as some people might be looking in on that. Um, yeah. Bolton didn't look as strong as I was expecting, actually. Yeah, it was Sting Bolton, though, that, that loss there, because Carlisle were a team that, realistically, if they want to get promotion this year, they have to beat, and it didn't happen, obviously, and um, Carlisle are going to look to obviously stay up this season, and that, that was be brilliant for them. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Definitely one to have a feather in the hat going there and winning. Okay, so a side that have now won four of their last six games are Wickham Wanderers, who thrashed troubled Fleetwood 4-1. How was this game, Chris? Just determined to keep me in the relegation fight, apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dale Taylor at the double in the first half for Wickham and Freddie Potts uh, scoring as well, uh, meaning Wickham went in 3-0 up at Fleetwood. 
Um, Jack Marriott got his third goal of the season in nine games, but continued woes for Fleetwood with another red card. That's their last three games have involved red cards now. And Luke Leahy just added to their troubles at the moment. I think they're looking a lot better, Fleetwood. They are looking a lot better since Scott Brown left. They've got some wins on the board. Obviously, moved above us with a win and got themselves up the table and they're out of the relegation zone at the moment. Yeah, without wishing to rub it in, as a fellow bottom four dweller, um, did you see anything from Fleetwood to suggest that they're capable of turning it around? Um, their possession, they're keeping the ball nicely, but it's also worrying that Wickham have managed to put four past them while having 38% of the ball. And with 62% possession, Fleetwood are getting nine shots off on goal, while Wickham are getting 17 with just under 40%. Yeah, yeah that's... Go on, sorry. Do you think with Fleetwood's financial troubles, obviously with the uh, arrest of their former owner, do you think that that costs them in January if they need to do a fire sale? It could cost them in January. And one player they could lose in January, Jack Marriott. We've uh, Oxford United came in over the summer. They don't need goals per se, Oxford, but they're flying at the moment. But if they want to add, all it takes is one injury. They could come knocking again for Marriott. Yeah, I think I do think it's an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, never, never quite know just how much off-field issues affect a team on the pitch because I guess logic would say to you that you know it's the players on the pitch and that what you know what's happening behind the scenes isn't having a huge impact, but it does seem to be happening this season, doesn't it? With the likes of Fleetwood and your know, Reddings and absolutely, it just seems to get in the heads of players, perhaps, or the fans aren't supporting as much because of these issues, and it's having an impact on the performances. Oh, yeah, certainly interesting and one to keep an eye on to see if Fleetwood can get themselves further up the table for us. Well, I'm on duty next for Peterborough 2 and Lincoln nil. Um, you'd be forgiven for thinking this was a routine home win, but Lincoln could easily have taken the lead when Danny Mandrew hit the bar at nil nil, and in the ensuing goal-mouth scramble, they couldn't quite force it home. After a first half that saw just one shot on target, David Adjaboy set the game alight with a fantastic first-time finish from outside the box. One of those strikes that couldn't be sweeter and looked in as soon as it left his foot. Ephraim Mason Clark continued his fine form and provided the assist for that goal, and he did so again to seal the game, squaring to Joel Randall to seal the points later on. There wasn't a whole lot to separate these two sides, and Lincoln could probably feel aggrieved at a two-goal defeat. But after a slow start, Posh are now unbeaten in their last six league games, winning all three of the home games. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. And have quietly crept back up to fifth. 
It doesn't seem like many are talking about them, but they do look like they're ready to mount another challenge on the top six after last year's horrible playoff defeat. Onwards to the only unbeaten side in the division, as tabletop as Pompey entertained Port Vale. Are they still unbeaten, Chris? Uh, Portsmouth, yeah, they're um, still unbeaten. Continued five wins on the bounce now. And top of the league, like you said, one point above Oxford, but Oxford do have a game in hand. Uh, last season's top goal scorer, Colby Bishop, at the double for them. And they're just flying. I don't see any stop in Portsmouth this season, and they're my pick to win the league this year. Got gone early with the league winners. With it being a weak division, yeah, they're they're certainly the strongest in the league, I think. Um they missed out think, so often. Do you think with, with Cobby Bishop though? Because um I, I don't know, with him playing so well at the moment, do you think a club in the championship or even a Premier League side might look at him in January and go, that snap him up? Could that maybe cost him in, in the long run? Certainly would be a huge loss to them, obviously, with his goal-scoring form. But I think he's a player who'd stay committed to Portsmouth. He'd certainly see it this season out, at least with them, in my opinion. Um, as for Port Vale, did you anyone think they'd be ninth in the league after that thrashing on opening day by Barnsley? No, I don't think anyone did, did, did they? Say that again. <laughs> say that again, you know, just let's hear it one more time. Uh... Yeah, 7-0 Barnsley. But ninth uh, <laughs> in the league... But... The form's dipped off now when they're winless in their last five. Just on Portsmouth, yes. uh, just on Portsmouth. So, sorry, Ollie. Do you see them sort of slipping up at any point? And what team do you think they, if any, that they'd slip up to? In the league, there's. It would be one of those really far-fetched ones where they slip up to one of the bottom half teams. Obviously, not us. Um, it will be. Maybe they come Reading and Wigan, they find some form because I don't see them sitting in that relegation zone. Uh, maybe they pick up some form, come across Portsmouth, and it get, catches Portsmouth out on the day. You have got a point against against Portsmouth, though. Before before yesterday, um, you were that was the only point you, you've got this season. It's, it's weird how football works sometimes. You're the worst team in the league, yet you've got the point against a team you haven't even lost yet. It's, it, it's just weird how football works sometimes. Well, as I've said, we can't. As I've said in the past, we ended Ipswich's run of not conceding, and now we can't score. Ah, uh, the the quirks of League One. <laughs> well, Owen has won the battle of which Stevenage fan gets to review our victory over Wigan. How did you see it, mate? Yeah, it was. I was. I was there as a Stevenage fan. So I was. I was in the ground, and uh, it was a, a feisty one. Uh, if you're looking at the cards that were shown in that entire game. Uh, but it was very, very scrappy, um, even from the onset where there was a penalty awarded uh, in the ninth minute um, from a foul on Jordan Roberts, which, in my opinion, wasn't a penalty. Yeah, I thought it was when it the game, but I've seen the highlights and it was not a penalty. It, even, it might have been a foul, but it was just outside the box. So Wigan fans were very unhappy with that, um, which Aaron Presley took and dispatched it perfectly. That's his second goal of the season so far. So brilliant work from him. And it just ended up going into really scrappy, scrappy football. Um, Callum Lang in the 34th minute, who first yellow card was for uh, just a needless descent, because then booked again in the 34th minute for uh, more like a just a block, like a rugby sort of block, uh, just outside the box again on uh, Jordan Roberts. And that got him uh, sent off as real wild the uh, Wigan fans up. 
Um, and it just ended up with needless yellow cards. I think I counted for Wigan over the course of the game was 11 yellow cards, uh, even after the final whistle, which for, for, for a team that, for a game, that's very obscene. Uh, there were worrying scenes, though, just before halftime, with an injury to uh, Luca jones Walden, um, that looked very bad as it is. He was uh, put off on a stretcher and the game was about 15 minutes. Um, but it has come and it looks like he is all right. Um, no, nothing serious hope uh, that has been reported at the moment, so he looks okay. Um, but then even in the second, and then the second half, the only real talking point was the uh, red card to McDonald, which was sort of a reaction to uh, another challenge by by the winning player on Jake Forster Kasky. Um, in my opinion, both should have been red carded. It was sort of an eye for an eye situation, um, which then resulted in ten points for most of the game, uh, rest of the game, but. It's a scrappy one, but seems just uh, one and uh, keeps their chances of playoffs at the moment doing quite well and ends up too much losing one. Yeah, important one for me, that. Definitely one just you know, just to reassert ourselves back into getting three points. I do think Stevenage are a totally different animal with Aaron Presley on the pitch. Um, I know Bolton fans are raving about him midweek, but the guy is just absolutely made for a Seattle side, isn't he? You know, everything sticks to him. He, he brings everyone into play. I think that if Stevenage are to have a ceiling of being anywhere near playoffs this season, uh, which obviously would be a huge, huge shout, I do think he's integral to that. Yeah, I think with um, it showed before when Presley got injured for a couple of weeks, especially in that Oxford game with Hemming sort of trying to play that sort of role. It showed that he's just not that type of quality that we that Stevens need in that mid, in that forward role, and um, it just showed completely different when when he was there against Wigan and then against Bolton. Um, so if we can keep him fit, then I think Stevens have a, a real shot at top half and even playoffs. Excellent. Well, here's hoping you're right with that one. Yeah. Back down to the lower reaches of the table, where low-scoring Shrewsbury hosted a Cobblers side who have conceded the joint third least goals. Surely this could only go one way, Seb. Well, yeah, it looked a little bit uh, sort of drab at times. Both both teams created sort of half chances, blazing good chances over the bar, keeper saving uh, shots quite comfortably as well for both both teams. Uh, there there was a chance though for uh, Northampton from the spot. Uh, Tom Flanagan for Shrewsbury gave away a penalty. Sam Hoskins stepped up and blazed the bar, which meant uh, he wasn't quite able to add to his five goals of the season already. Uh, that was pretty late on in the game, and even later on, Shrewsbury managed to get the win. It was uh, Oda with the smart Naples finish just past the keeper uh, to give the uh, Shrews three points. Yeah, excellent. A first league win that for, for, uh, since August for Shrewsbury. It'll be interesting to see if they can now turn the corner. And Do you think they look like they could be? Yeah, perhaps. I guess uh, at the minute, uh, Shrewsbury sitting 18th, Northampton 17th. They do say sort of the, the best thing to do as, as a team is to win the teams around you in order to sort of build up uh, and progress higher up in the league. They've done exactly that. Uh, so they'll be hoping they can build on from here. Yeah, interesting how moments like that can change a season. Like you say, the penalty save could so easily be a goal down and then get him a late winner. It's not, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't be the, the first time we've seen a side benefit from something like that and then go on a bit of a run um, and just sort of build on that momentum, would it? No, certainly not. I, I mean, on that penalty, miss, sort of, uh, if you back at any Northampton player to score a penalty, you back Hoskins, but he wasn't able to do so. And yeah, Shrewsbury got the end about 10 minutes later and uh, just 
scored the goal, which is the only difference between the game. And we've seen many times, like I've said in League One, that sort of a late winner can often spark a, a momentum run. And I wouldn't be surprised to, to see Shrewsbury picking up that uh, League One table. OK, well, last but by no means least, Leighton Orient continued their recent good form when they saw off Reading 2-1 at Brisbane Road. In truth, it was no more than what they deserved, having dominated the game and seeing 71% of the ball. Their opener was a lovely strike from Jordan Brown. They were pegged back when youngster Tyler Bindon scored his first career goal, tapping home after Don Ballard's header hit the post. Orion hit the woodwork twice, and it looked like Reading were going to sneak a point in the end. Experience told, though, over youth, as veteran George Moncur struck the winner in stoppage time. Reading haven't won away in their last 18 attempts, and having taken just one point from their last four games, they sit 22nd in the table. Fans might point towards their four-point deduction, but look a little closer, and even with those four points, they'd still be 20th. And with the boardroom issue still plaguing them off the field, I do wonder just how worried Royals fans are at this stage. I mean, guys, are, are we seeing Reading, you know, being stuck down there for the season? Do we think the quality's there for them to get out of it? I don't know. I think I think that if if they don't sort of start this a run now, I think they could be a real danger, um, especially if they don't get anything on the line to do with with the sale. Or if it goes to a dodgy owner, I know there's rumours of William's story a couple of weeks ago, which might be worse than it is now um, due to his, let's say, story history with sports teams. Um, but I feel like they need to get something over the line with a deal now, otherwise they could be in real danger. Yeah, it's the, it's the youth for me. I think, you know, they're, they're so reliant on, on those players that just aren't experienced. And, you know, the 46-game season, asking 18, 19-year-olds to go and do that for you, especially if it's games out in the bottom of the league, um, I think is a big ask. Um, they could be in trouble. Massively, I, 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 for one, don't see them sort of escaping that, that bottom four coming into the season. I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Maybe they might just avoid relegation, but they'll certainly be, be towards the lower end of the table. Uh, I, perhaps I could see Wigan, who were sort of in a similar but different position, I could see them progressing up the league, but Reading, I, I'd struggle to see them sort of getting out of that bottom five, six. OK, well, that right. That wraps up the weekend's action. Just the 11 games to discuss as Burton and Cambridge are doing battle as we speak. As I mentioned earlier, we're somehow already a quarter of the way through this season for some sides. And so I've tasked the boys with telling me their relegation certainties and their promotion shoo-ins for the season. Should we get you out of the way first, Chris? Well, absolutely. It's going to be us, isn't it? Um, we had another promotion. departure on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the comeback is on now. Um we had another departure on Sunday. Kevin Russell, assistant manager's left. Uh, John Palmer has tweeted this afternoon that uh, Daryl Clark has already made his choice. It's not been announced yet who it is, but he has already made his choice. He'll be his assistant. Um, but it's just Clark is an excellent manager, but if a fitness levels are poor and he's vocal about it, then is he going to be able to do it in this time? Or I don't think he is. And I think we'll be looking at League Two next season. As for promotion, uh, Portsmouth and Oxford, absolutely top two for me. They've started fantastically. Oxford have had a brilliant transfer window and all those players have settled in so well. So for me, I think the top two is going to stay looking that way. Anyone else challenge Chris's picks? No, I think I think for me those two are going to be the ones. They're already they're going to run away with it. Um, Oxford have got have got a chance to go top as well. I think they've got a game in hand soon. I don't know when that is, uh, but I know they have got a game in hand, and I think they'll use that. They'll probably win 
Um, that when when they came to the Lamex, the best team I've seen in a while there, and um, they look like they'll be dead set. I like uh, Greg Lee. I think it's going to be was a massive buy for them. Like he looked like one of the best players I've seen in League One, and I think he'll he'll propel them to the Championship next season. As a as as a Bowser fan, I'm gonna sort of agree to disagree. I think we're gonna push up there. Sort of currently sitting third place. I do have a feeling that Oxford are gonna drop off, and I feel we're just gonna swap places with Oxford. I think Oxford will still make the playoffs come the end of the season, but I'm maybe maybe being overly optimistic. But I'm confident that we can sort of push after the near miss last season in the player final. I'm confident we can push uh, again for automatics this season. Yeah. What about, what about your relegation pick, Seb? Uh, I agree with Chris. I think Cheltenham will be there. I think I mentioned earlier, I think Reading will be there as well. Uh, I can probably see Carlisle dropping there as well. Uh, and to complete the four, uh, yeah, I'd probably say Fleetwood as well. I know uh, Fleetwood, Cheltenham and Reading are all there. Wigan are the ones that I think will be able to sort of uh, escape uh, the drop. Nothing like us nailing our colours to the mast and picking the team yeah. who are top two to be top yeah. two and the team at the bottom to go down, eh? Yeah. Um, I think for, for my relegation, I, I have a feeling... I, I agree with um, Fleetwood, uh, Reading and Cheltenham. I think they're sides that are either just dire at the moment or have bad fin- who I think will have bad financial issues and will probably have to sell uh, a lot in January and probably next summer as well. Um, but the team I think is going to go down with them. I think I think all promoted sides will stay up this season. I think all of them have some sort of quality that can keep them alive. Um, but I think I think this might be a bit of a surprise pick. But I don't think Cambridge will have that quality. They look good at the start of the season, um, but since they they lost to Stevenage early on, um, they go up. They went up uh, to the top the, the weekend after. But since then they haven't really won many. Um, that quality hasn't not really been there, and I feel like. They could be in real danger if they don't pick up that form now. They they survived very very late on last season as well. Uh, the sort of yeah. uh, I think in the, in the last two game weeks something like that. Very very late on. Um, so I yeah I can I can see where you're coming from in that sort you know second second season bounce if you like. I can see them dropping down. Yeah. As, as, okay, as, for, well. Wigan, as for Wigan, how how impressive have they been this season though? You know, starting on minus twelve, and they're already lifting themselves up that table. I think next season, obviously, a bit early to be talking about next season, but if they continue the way they are, pick up some points this season, improve the squad when they can, they'll be one to watch next season certainly. Yeah, they've got a yeah, they're, they're they're slightly like ordinary on Saturday, wouldn't they? Yeah, it's for trouble on the road. Every team's going to pick pick up bumps, and when you're away from home, it's obviously harder. We all know. So have they have they got a deal over the line yet for the sale of the club or is that sort of been finished now? So I think once uh, that's done, then they can focus fully on the football. But I don't know if they've they've got it done yet. Wigan, I believe, is all sorted. I'm not hundred percent though. Okay, I do I do agree with you, Chris. In that sort of Wigan, I've been pretty impressive, especially in the sort of first couple of game weeks, you know, up, up to the first month of the season. They have dropped off a little bit though in consistency. Uh, I think they've lost four of the last five league games. Uh, so that will be my concern in that sort of the minute. Uh, they have overcome their, their points deduction, but they're still within that bottom four at the moment. But um, yeah, obviously not, not been in great form the past month, but that that's what you're getting. It's sort of like when you're, when you're having tr- troubles off the pitch, it can often reflect to 
to on the field. Uh, but I think come the end of the season, I think I think they'll they'll be safe and they'll be out of there. I think Where's that recent he... downturn in form is due to Charlie White. I think he's not been out the la- he's been out the last couple of weeks. He definitely wasn't playing when he was playing against Stevenage, and uh, I think that sort of spearhead in the attacks really cost them, like not having him at all. Uh, I think if once he gets back, I think he'll be that sort of spearhead that will keep them up. Okay, well, that's your lot for this week then. Thanks very much for listening. And wherever you're listening, please be sure to leave us a review, drop us a like and subscribe to the pod to make sure you don't miss a thing. There's loads of content coming your way this week, including the live breakdown show, which we'll be previewing next weekend's games on Wednesday at 8pm. We also love to hear what you all have to say. And so please do join us on the League 1 6-6 on Saturday night at 7pm, which you can access on the Look Sports Media Twitter page. Any and all opinions are welcome, so come and get involved. All that's left is for me to say thanks to the guys for their time this week. We'll see you again next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.